On today's show, I'll break down some of the top overseas talent in the 2023 NHL Draft and our very first guest appearance from OHL scout Sebastian High. All coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospect related for you five days a week from Monday to Friday. Um, Everything from updates to news to in-depth breakdowns and analysis of each prospect to draft rankings. Anything you like about prospects, just put this on. I'll do the work for you. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And today I've got a very special episode coming up for you. First and foremost, we'll be talking about uh, my favorite overseas prospects from the 2023 class. Um, everyone from Michkov to Leo Carlson, all the way down to uh, the, the 32nd pick and my honorable mentions. Um, so that's the first part of this episode. And then we've got our very first guest, Sebastian High from Dauber Prospects and the Puck and Roll Podcast. will be joining us to talk about the 2023 NHL Draft and his local Ottawa 67s, which he, who he gets to watch. Uh, multiple times a month. Before we get into any of it, though, make sure to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're watching on your your favorite audio platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always much appreciated. So let's get right into it. Um, the 2023 class for me is a class that's lower end in terms of uh, European prospects. Um, there are nine prospects in the top 32 to my count, uh, to, in terms of my top 32 at the very least, who come from overseas uh, development farms. Um, I'm going to go through some of them uh, today, just sort of break them down by tiers and tell you sort of who I, I'd, I'd see going where. So for me, so far, the top European prospect in this class is Matt Michkov. He hasn't been dethroned by some of the others uh, that are that are below him. He still, to me, remains um, the most likely elite talent to come out of Europe uh, for this year's draft. Um, incredibly talented, incredibly shifty, and 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 an an amazing goal scorer, really. I mean, among the best, if not the best goal scorer in this class. Talked about him before a bunch, so I won't spend too much time on him. You can watch our previous episodes to have a good idea of, of how I break down Michkov's style of play and how I project him. Moving on to Leo Carlson. Uh, for me, the fourth overall pick in my rankings. For me, Carlson uh, just strikes me as an incredibly projectable center, uh, a big, strong uh, skilled, amazingly uh, talented in terms of puck protection. Uh, just, just a really imposing center in terms of his playing style. He's already sort of Im- imposing his will on the SHL right now in Sweden, uh, at the top league in, in Sweden, if not the top league, among the top leagues in the world, really. Um, right below, I'd say the AHL and the KHL, I think they're really next. So re- really high level of competition, and he's doing what he's doing. It's, it's really impressive, and to me, um, as the fourth overall pick, he's in the same tier as Matvey Michkov in terms of my draft rankings, um, and he's within my top 10. So that's the first tier of European talent is those two. They really headline it. Moving on from then, we've got um, Edward Chalet, who's my sixth overall pick. He hails from uh, Czechia. He plays for HC Komita Brno, which is a, a very solid team in Czechia. Um, and he's doing great things over there as well. Incredibly smart, incredibly well-positioned, understands the pro game already. Um, 
really checks the surroundings a lot, creates a mental map of his surroundings so he can make decisions at a quicker pace. His pace of play, his pace of execution is already very high. Um, just another very projectable forward with with really good puck skills as well to, to complement that. So um, really, really good prospect for me. He's just outside the top, the top five at sixth overall in my rankings. And there's a debate to be had as to whether he should be higher or lower. But for me, he's really comfortable in that sixth overall uh, range. And he's in the five to ten uh, tier. So the third tier of my draft. Um, five to ten, you've got names like Zach Benson, Braden Yeager, uh, those kinds of prospects. And the next per- the next player on our list is, is also in this tier, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky. Um, a June 2005 born center uh, from Slovakia. He's playing in Sweden in the second division of men's pro hockey right now, and he's doing really good things. Um, I really like how imposing he is on the puck, how tough he is to get off it. Um, on top of that, he's got an insane amount of skill. He already looks like a pro player. And um, for me, I think he's going to transition really seamlessly to the NHL level. I think he'll need a, a bit more time than Leo Carlson and Matt Bamichkov. But you could have a very, very solid top six center in Dalibor Tavorsky uh, in this range at ninth overall, which is really good. Uh, so those four sort of complete the top 10 for me and are really sort of in a, in a completely different uh, stratosphere than the next prospects we'll be mentioning here. To me, the next guy in the list here is Kasper Haltonen. Um, Haltonen is a six foot three, 207 pound right winger from Finland. Uh, he's already playing in the Finnish Liga. He hasn't really put up many impressive results. But that's usually the case for prospects that are playing pro hockey in their draft year, especially in, in Finland. Finland's a really tough um, country to, to be able to produce at their top level. Um, it's not the toughest league to play in, but it's probably the toughest league to score in uh, as an 18-year-old playing in the Liga. Um, he's been doing okay. Honestly, there, there's a couple more things that I'd like to see from him in terms of his playmaking, in terms of his, of his overall execution speed. Uh, which is why he's not in the top 10 for me. Uh, you know, he's got all the physical tools, but there are some, you know, mental aspects that are missing from his game, uh, especially in terms of pace of execution. I think he needs to work on that. Um, right after him at 16th overall, I've got Otto Stenberg, uh, the Swedish uh, forward from uh, Frölunda in their junior 20 league uh, team. He's He's been doing pretty good there. Um, not the most productive. I, th- I think at the last count, he had nine points in 12 games in the junior league, which isn't really all, all that to write home about, but, um, his playing style is very consistent and he gives you a lot of everything. Um, really sort of a Jack of all trades prospect who, you know, on top of having high speed, high skill can still play defensively pretty well and, and hold his own in, in, in terms of transition defending as well. Um, for me, there are four areas in hockey. There's offense, defense, transition offense, and transition defense. I see good or, or great elements in all four of those for, for Stenberg, which is why he's so high, despite not necessarily having any standout skill, anything that makes him sort of jump out to me other than speed. Um, but he could be someone very good down the road. And then uh, to complete the top 20 in terms of European tra- prospects, my 20th overall pick in the draft would be Mikhail Gulyayev, who is a left-handed defenseman from Russia. He's playing for Omsk right now in the KHL. He's doing pretty well. Um, he just strikes me as an incredibly dynamic, incredibly uh, you know pacey defender who's going to be able to uh, overwhelm uh, you know rushing forwards with his ability to skate backwards and defend backwards. Um, very, very solid in his own zone, despite the fact that he's so short. 
uh, and frail. He's really sort of well-rounded as a prospect, and I really like what I've seen from him so far. So to me, this is the 20th overall pick in the draft. I still have some questions about his physicality. Um, it is a bit of an issue, and I don't see him necessarily have that elite-level skill for me to rank him any higher. Uh, but he's got very good skill. He's a very good defender, um, very well-rounded two-way defender despite his size. So that's for the top 20. The only two other prospects that are in the top 32 that hail from Europe are my 30th overall pick, who is Axel Sandin Palika, who I think is probably going to rocket up these rankings. I've been really impressed with my views of him uh, as of late. 5'11", 180 pounds, right-handed defender, uh, plays for Yeleftio in the uh, SHL. And for me, he's probably one of the most offensively dynamic prospects uh, at defense in this draft. Uh, he's got a ton of skill, a ton of pace, and uh, he makes really, really good decisions from the point. Uh, whether that's on five on five or on the power play, he just makes great decisions overall. And for me, it just strikes me as a prospect who's going to be able to, to have his impact at the next level. And finally, the last prospect in the top 32 for me is the 31st overall pick. Yes, there is a goaltender in the first round of the uh, 2023 NHL draft, and it's Michael Hrabal. Um, goaltender, six foot six, two hundred and one pounds uh, from Czechia, does a really good job of covering his his, uh, his crease. Um, covers angles really well, understands the perimeter, um, keeps his eye on the puck at all times. He's an excellent puck tracker, and I see him as just an incredibly calm netminder. He's playing for the Omaha Lancers in the USHL, but um, should be able to have his impact uh, in the NHL pretty soon, sooner than most netminders would, I'd say. He's got the frame, he's got the, the the mental aspects locked down, just about fine-tuning his technique, making making him a better overall netminder. Uh, but in general, he does a really good job covering his crease, and I, I really like this prospect. Not a lot of people have him in their first round, but for me, he's a, he's a lock. I really like what I see. So that's the rundown of the European class for the 2023 NHL draft. Um, so now we'll go into the uh, beginning of my interviews with Sebastian High right after these messages. Do you like betting? BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source for all of your sports wagering information. With live betting, so you can keep up with bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so I've got a very special guest for you on today's podcast. He's going to be showing up tomorrow as well. We'll do a two-part series on uh, Sebastian's comments here. So, Sebastian, hi. Uh, say hi to the folks. How have you been doing? Uh, how are things going on your end? Hi, it's it's going great. Uh, it's been a very fun scouting season so far, as I'm sure you know as well. It's a great draft class. Uh, basically, every player I sit down to watch it makes me happy. There are a few notable exceptions to that rule, uh, but for the vast majority, it's just a very, very enjoyable draft class to watch and filled with highly skilled, highly intelligent players. So I'm doing very well. Good work. Good work. Uh, we will be getting to those exceptions among other players. Uh, and just to be clear, you have gone to multiple Ottawa 67s games. You've got uh, your um, you've got your pass, as I do, uh, from Dauber Prospects to go to all CHL games that are available to us. Uh, you're from the Ottawa region, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I live, I live here. I, I am at heart a Montrealer. I lived in Montreal for what, like, sixteen years of my life. So yeah. definitely am Montrealer. But I'm living in Ottawa, and I'm going to most home games with the with with Ottawa. So I went yesterday, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, it's 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 a fun team to watch. They've been they're eleven and one this season, or yep. twelve and one. Yeah, they've they've been Something extremely like strong, and it's it's a very odd ragtag bunch because they don't really have like high level star players compared to what mm-hmm. you usually see with like the dominant chl teams it's also yep. not the oldest of chl teams it's kind of just it works and it's very fun to watch yeah for sure and uh we you know speaking of being a montreal at heart we will also be getting to the habs and their pipeline and specifically your Slavkovsky and what we've seen from him so far this season so it's gonna be a fun show today and tomorrow for you um now let's get right into it we're going to talk a bit about the 2023 nhl draft and some of the prospects that we we've both watched so far and i just want to see sort of where you stand on some of my favorites and sort of name sort of your favorites um once we get to that uh so starting off since you scout the ohl for dauber um what's your take on callum ritchie so far i love callum ritchie uh i have him in the same tier as zach benson and leo carlson which might sound insane considering how Leo Carlson's been this year, but I, everything in his game is just, it screams projectable. He has a very unique skill set as well. That's something that they just don't find very often. He's not Mm -hmm. only one of the smartest players in the OHL, he's a, an extremely talented playmaker and he's very, very tenacious. And that's a combination you don't really see too often of those like super cerebral playmakers also having that tenacity in their games as a centerman and as a fairly physical player. And it's just a very, very interesting thing to watch in the OHL because he is that type of fairly unique archetype. And it just, it works so well in junior hockey, especially, but more importantly, it's something that that projects very, very nicely to the NHL. I think if whoever drafts him wants to play him next year, I think he could do just fine in the bottom six of an NHL team as of next year, very, very refined, uh, in terms of his thought processes, his offensive zone movements are consistently excellent. He finds the soft ice. He uses his teammates to his advantage. Uh, despite being by far the most intelligent and skilled player on that team in Oshawa, he uses his teammates anyways. And that's something that, that you often see with draft eligibles of not knowing how to weaponize teammates when they're not at their own level. So like, for instance, mm-hmm. with Brad Lambert last season, a big issue for him was that his teammates couldn't keep up but he didn't know how to use them when they couldn't keep up, right? Whereas Callum Ritchie, despite his teammates being a step behind, both physically and mentally, in terms of just that skill and the thought processing, uh, he knows how to use them to like the highest like level. And it's it's very impressive. And I don't think it's, it's even close this season. He is the best OHL draft eligible. Moving on from Callum Ritchie, um... Other than a certain uh, Ottawa 67s player, which we'll get to soon, uh, who's another uh, OHL player that you think is undervalued so far? Ooh, uh, I think I would go with Denver Barkey on that one. Uh, right? who I know that you, you quite like as well. He's, he's mm-hmm. just, he's fun. He is just a ball of chaos and fun, and I love watching yep. that. Uh, there's, I think there's enough skill there uh, to, to project to pro hockey 
Uh, I think he thinks the game well enough. He does enough things well enough while just being extremely high energy, being kind of a bit of a pest in tight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I, I every time I've watched Denver Barkey, I've really enjoyed watching him play. He outthinks his line mates consistently uh, on that London team. And yeah, I, I, I need to get some more viewings of him to really like pin down if I think he's a borderline first rounder or just a very fun swing in the second. But mm -hmm. everything I've seen so far has just made me happy inside. I've liked him a lot. That's exactly how I feel about him, man. Like he he he's got that that intensity, that that just pace pushing tendency that I really, really like to see in forwards. Um because you can be as skillful as possible, you know, you can be as as refined a playmaker or or stick handler as possible. If you don't have the combination of hockey sense and intensity, um, doesn't matter how fast you are, how skilled you are, it's just not going to work. We saw it with you know prospects like Angelo Esposito and 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 other prospects like that. It didn't work out despite the high end skill, despite the numbers in the in the junior leagues. Um, intensity and 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 drive. Um, combined with hockey sense, that combination to me is priceless. And and I see that in Denver Barkey's game. And that's why to me, he's a first rounder. Um, now, obviously you haven't, you know, put out any rankings or anything like that yet, but how do you feel about Denver Barkey in the first round? I can be convinced about it. Again, I, I would need more viewings, especially because of how tight this draft class is. Like, yep. the further down you go in the first round, the, the bigger the tiers get, right? Where you're, mm -hmm. you're kind of splitting hairs between individual preferences, player archetypes, or mm -hmm. uh, team needs, or just individual skills you value more. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, for instance, if, if, you're, if you're telling me to decide between, I don't know, someone like Ethan Gauthier or uh, Denver Barkey, they're two very different players, right? And I think both of them, in all likelihood, in the NHL would be third liners. So it's mm -hmm. like, what do you value more in terms of actual skill sets there? So yeah. I, at this point in time, I could definitely be convinced of it, right? Just because I think he's he's, he's in probably a tier that ranges from 22 to like 40-something, right? Where mm -hmm. you could reorder it in any way, and I could understand it, right? But for the time being, I, again, I, I think I've only clocked like three viewings of him so far. Uh, and yeah. he isn't one of the players that I like immediately understand like extremely like well. Like certain players mm -hmm. watch one game and you kind of just get their game, whether it's in a yeah. good or a bad way. Barkey, mm -hmm. for me, there are enough complexities in his game, both positively and negatively, for me to be a bit more hesitant to like immediately put him as like a straight first round talent. Uh, mm -hmm. but he, he is in that, in that range going to 40. Good stuff. Now, uh, last question about the 2023 draft specifically as a whole, uh, outside of the top 15, who are some of your, your favorites, your, your sort of the players who've caught your eye and, and you just like their style, not necessarily players who you think are underrated or anything like that, but just sort of your favorites personally. Oof, uh, favorites. I think, um, Hmm. Okay, one one name obviously comes to mind, but I think we're going to talk about him in his own segment in a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I would say, like, if we're sticking with OHL, uh, Hunter Brustevitz, uh, I've really liked this season. Yep. He's played a very simple, like, not, not, not simple, but a very, I guess, he, he's found his identity as a player, and he doesn't yep. try to do too much. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Especially when you compare him with Cam Allen, who I've been struggling with a lot, 
and like during the yeah. first Dauber meet, where I, I think you missed out on on our preliminary ranking meeting. I did. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, skipping school, howdy. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> uh, but totally. In in that in that meeting, um, uh, Nick Richard was asking me like, okay, so who's the top OHL guy? Is it Richie or is it Allen? And I was like, I really don't think it's close. And in the end, on our rankings, we had Richie at nine and Allen at ten. And for me, I was just like, as long as Richie's ahead, I'm, I can I can live with it. But ten yeah. is already way too high for me, and it's only mm-hmm. gone down since then. Of just, I I watched Cam Allen last year, and he was mm-hmm. a lot better last year than he was this year. Like he he has regressed. He he shoots yeah. constantly from the blue line, and he wastes possession constantly. Like like the game uh, when Guelph was here in Ottawa, and I went to watch, uh, and I was sitting with my. My, my 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 good friend uh, Nolan Bernier here, uh, and we, we watched basically every sixty sevens game together because he does some tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I was telling him like, watch Cam Allen. Let's just count how many point shots he does in this game. He tries in this game, and how many actually yep. get through. And it it was astounding. He was like he attempted like twelve shots from the blue line, and I think three actually made through on net. Like it's just constantly into yep. shin pads. And on the other hand, Hunter Bruce Devitz, who doesn't have the same offensive skill set that Cam Allen does in terms of the mo- like, like the the shiftiness, the deception, uh, the mm-hmm. even like the handling skill is probably behind Cam Allen. He knows how mm-hmm. to use it to his advantage, and therefore has been a better offensive defenseman in the OHL this season. So I, I, I've liked this game a lot. I think it, you could do a lot worse than Hunter Bruce Devitz in that mid twenties range in the NHL draft, mm-hmm. especially as a right shot defenseman. Uh, he's really sturdy, uh, does not get pushed over lightly. I think his yep. defensive awareness needs a little bit of fine-tuning, but there's mm-hmm. enough of a foundation there to, to make a really solid future second-pairing guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And every time I watch him, I, I just see a level of maturity that you don't see too much with, with young defensemen. And it's also why I think he, he, like for me right now, he probably is the top OHL draft-eligible defenseman ahead of Cameron Allen. Cool. Good stuff. So now uh, we're going to be talking about Ottawa 67's prospects in just a second, but just before a quick word from our sponsors. First off, I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. If you got that many people on board, you're definitely doing something right. Simply Safe's priority is your safety. They protect you using cutting edge security tech powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who've always got your back. I love what Simply Safe has to offer. From crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras to full control of your system from your phone with their app and smarter ways to detect real break-ins so you aren't pestered with uh, false alarms while you're going about your workday they've got sensors for everything from burglaries to fires to floods and other threats to your home they've really got you covered you can customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl you can save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free visit simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl to learn more again that's simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl there's no safe like simply safe all right, so we're back with Sebastian High from Dauber Prospects. Now let's move on to the Ottawa 67s prospects because you catch a lot of their games, you know, living in Ottawa. Um, so I want to talk about the obvious, you know, name that comes up whenever I think about the 67s this year, and that's Luca Pinelli. Uh, not a lot of people have them in have him in their first round. Why do you think that is? He is an undersized centerman 
or he, he's playing the wing this season, so he doesn't even have that going for him in terms of yeah. like what, what people are, are looking at in terms of position. Uh, mm-hmm. He's undersized, and his skating is right around below average, and mm-hmm. that is just a turnoff for a lot of people, and they don't really dig deeper in past that, especially like mm-hmm. early on the scouting season, right? Like these are the types of players that rocket up rankings later on when people actually mm-hmm. like figure out like, oh wait, there's a lot more to this player than this. Uh, yep. But early on, everyone's kind of looking at, at more surface level things, and they see, oh, okay, the skating mechanics really aren't that refined. Uh, the stride mm-hmm. depth is an issue. Uh, he is kind of undersized. But I, I've watched at this point over thirty games of Luca Pinelli in the OHL because I went to twenty-ish games last year, and I've been me, me twenty-five. I've been to like around five games this year, and I've watched some game tape as well on video. And he is by far the most intelligent player on that team. And the City Sevens are a dominant CHL team this year. It's a ragtag bunch, yep. but they've been excellent. And it's not close. Luca Pinelli is the most intelligent player on that team. He's the most skilled player on that team. And he's the best player on that team. And that has stood out to me a lot this season. Last year wasn't quite on that level. and the, But the progression over the summer was really quite impressive. And I liked him a lot last year. I thought more like like a, maybe a second round guy that I would just like a lot for reasons that we'll get into in a sec. Uh, but uh-huh. this year, I think he's really cementing himself as a first round talent, and he's going to be right around my, my twenty range, like early twenties. And he is extremely intelligent. He uh, his his roots in transition are diverse and unpredictable. He his exactly. zone exit and entries are works of art often. Uh, whenever he gets the puck along the boards, he finds a creative way of getting it to the middle to an open teammate on on the tape. Uh, mm-hmm. He retains possession. He often enters the offensive zone, which is also a thing with Vincent's roar that we, we get into in a bit. And he will enter the zone at the end of a shift, circle around a little bit on a one-on-five, uh, retain possession long enough, get it to his teammate, and then go for a change, which is a mm-hmm. wonderful habit to see, especially for a 17-year-old player. Uh, of just 100%. learning the value of retaining possession in the offensive zone. Uh, he has a great shot. Uh, he's kind of used as a power play trigger man, uh, which is odd to me because I think if he were the distributor, he'd be even more valuable on that power play, sure. but it's working for Ottawa, so who cares? Uh, but his <laughs> shot is a real weapon. He knows when to use it. Uh, really quick release. Uh, doesn't have to like really wind up for a quick wrister. Uh, mm-hmm. But his playmaking is is his strength. Like he he sees plays that none of his teammates do, and he really stands out consistently. Even when he's not producing, uh, he he's he's playing well, and uh, he's also despite being undersized, very very sturdy player. He has a very strong lower body and does not get pushed off of pucks easily at all. This year he's also showing like some feistiness and pet and pestiness that he wasn't showing last year. It's clearly the influence that uh, Roar. Uh, Stonehouse and Tyler Boucher really having on him of just making him a bit dirtier, uh, but he's not yep. shying away from physical contact ever, despite being a bit smaller and just one of the smarter players in in the OHL already. And he's 17, so for me, he 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 reminds me of Callum Ritchie, but just a bit smaller, a bit of a worse skater, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess uh, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, basically that. <laughs> He, he makes he, sense very similar archetype in a lot of ways and uh i i think that if a team gets him in the second round that is an absolute home run swing of a pick 
and his again his progression has been incredible so the upward trajectory there is is really promising and he's mm-hmm. been the offensive driver of one of the best chl teams like that is a, an extremely valuable thing to have uh yep. so yeah I, I i could watch luca patelli for days i love watching him play uh whenever he scores i smile uh just makes me happy absolutely uh speaking of undersized with feisty forwards with a decent amount of skill um in a couple words, what's Brady Stonehouse to you? Oh, oh a couple words. <laughs> you're trying, you're trying to contain me here, honey. That's evil. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. You know, you know. Uh, so, so one of my scouting buddies, uh, Sam McGilligan, asked me yesterday or two days ago, uh, like, like to, to sell him on Stonehouse because I've been, I've been hyping up Brady Stonehouse a decent amount over the last little bit because mm-hmm. the more I watch him, the more I've been impressed with his progression. So you know what? Yeah. I'm just gonna read that because I I was I I took my time in that because I want to convince as many scouts as possible to to take him seriously. So uh, mm-hmm. I said as a whole, he's really improving the areas of the game that he needed to uh, to work on to be a projectable player in the NHL. The puck skills are a lot better than they were last year. Last year that was a big issue for him, uh, and his on puck hockey sense of pressure has really really improved. Uh, his top speed has actually become a strength now, whereas last season was kind of just average uh he uh, has a real power forward style which is probably the most concerning thing to me with this game because he is undersized so playing a power forwards game is going to be a bit tougher when he once he actually reaches pro hockey but he's showing the feistiness around the net constantly attacking the, the middle like he's kind of like frank nazar in that of like there is no option on the periphery it is only attacking the middle it's only attacking the yep. crease uh, which is what I love in players is, is having that habit of just attacking the middle. Like if, if one in doubt, attack the middle, right? And it just, it just kind of works. Uh, he reminds me of Brendan Gallagher in some ways of just, he's, again, he's undersized, uh, an absolute pest. I, I haven't seen a single OHL player in the last two years anger and infuriate his opponents more than Brady Stonehouse. Every time there's a scrum, there's two guys on Brady Stonehouse and he's just there with, a, with an absolute massive grin on his face. Uh, yeah. Very, very fun to watch. Uh, and mm-hmm. I just think he's refined enough aspects of his game to actually be a projectable bottom six NHLer. So uh, last yep. year, I ranked him at, I believe, 86. And I had Vincent Rohr ranked at 87. So I, I still have ranked one spot above Rohr last year. Uh, mm-hmm. And even then, I was containing myself. I, I thought, like... I want him around the 60 range, but I was like, okay, maybe it's my bias because I've watched him play all this time live in person. Maybe I'm overvaluing him. And mm-hmm. I wanted him personally more around the 60 range, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And that was a mistake. I, I, I'm a really big fan of this game. Uh, to start the season, I believe he has nine, nine or 10 goals in 13 games in the OHL. Uh, he's been on mm-hmm. absolute fire. And the production is really echoing just what he's creating, right? It, it's I'm not saying it's sustainable with the goal scoring, but it's coming from, not, it's not just like fluttering shots on net, right? It's constantly attacking the slot, constantly just whacking away at pucks. And I, I just, I love watching him play uh, for me, like, especially when he's playing with like a playmaker uh, who can create some space for him, for him to just like, not like like exploit in like a creative way, but just absolutely plow into. Uh, it's it's very <laughs> yeah. very it, it's great. I, I, Brady Stonehouse to me is the exact kind of player that you want to take a swing on as a D plus one. He was he's also an August birthday, so he's one of the younger players from the twenty twenty two class. 
which is also understandable within his progression. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I could talk about Brady Stonehouse all day. Good to know. Speaking of Gallagher-like prospects with a lot of intensity, um, what's your take on Vince's Rohrer and why is he one of the most underrated Habs prospects right now? I ranked Rohrer at around like the mid-80s, as I was just saying. And mm-hmm. the one caveat for me in that ranking was always that he was the youngest player I ranked. He is basically a 2023 draft eligible and I always need a, that there's a good chance I'd look like a fool if he progressed a ton over the summer. And exactly. he Of course he had to, right? Which I'm happy about, but I, I look exactly. like a fool now. Uh, mm-hmm. But he went from a very, very kind of like limited straight line player last year to being far more dynamic, using uh, far more creative routes in transition, uh, attacking from different angles, uh, often also swapping in and out from of center with Luca Pinelli on that top line with Tyler Boucher. Uh and he is, yeah, again, far more dynamic, but also just attacking the slot more consistently than he was last year with a stronger, a far stronger base. So last year, often he'd get knocked off his feet when he actually tried to initiate contact. Not happening this year at all. Uh, he also on the power play, he's stationed like underneath the goal line, and he consistently finds cross ice passes, like cross team passes, uh, for easy tap ins for his teammates. And he has the, the, the deception to sell the pass when he, uh, he's selling it to, towards like the point and then just throws it across the crease and it just goes in easily. Uh, and it's very impressive. Uh, he's showing a lot more skill. Like, like his puck skills have improved. His defensive play has improved. Uh, the tenacity was, all, was already there last year, but it's a lot more calculated this year. And he is consistently driving play away from the slot in his own zone. Uh, and I, I've seen a few like private metrics in terms of expected goals in the OHL. Ottawa's top line, uh, Luca Pinelli, Vincent Rohr, and Tyler Boucher have been driving incredible expected goals metrics. They are right around like the high 60s, low 70s mark, which is yep. insane. It, it, it's been an incredible line, uh, an absolutely violent line. And it's been very, very fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, so his, his progression has been incredible. He's matured a ton as a player, uh, and he's a real leader. He's, he's extremely vocal on the ice. Uh, in the defensive zone, he's commanding his, his teammates around. Like he, He's playing like a captain. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I usually sit kind of in the nosebleeds to get more of a, a bird's eye view, and you can hear his orders all the way from the top. Uh, he's very vocal and, uh, he really is like kind of the general of that team. Whenever he's on the ice, he, he is constructing the, the rushes. Uh, he, he, he is the focal point. And I'm, I, I do think that Pinelli is the best player, but I think that Roar probably is the most important player on that team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see that. So currently Tyler Boucher is out with a suspension, uh, for a really unfortunate situation. It was a legal hit, but the player he hit suffered, suffered a seizure. It was awful. Uh, yeah. But he's out for six games, and Ottawa is ticking along as usual. So I, I went to the last two games where he was out, and Ottawa looks the same, right? It kind of a, a plug-and-play of just, okay, this is a highly intense team. They just needed a, an intense winger to, to plug in. So, yes, Tyler Boucher has been very good this season. I liked his progression, uh, but he's not the integral cog. Whereas I think if you take Roar out, that is a very important element that that team is missing and they would not be nearly as dominant. I think it's the same for Pinelli, right? It's it's like, Uh, yeah, exactly. For for both of those guys. Yeah. It's like, it's like removing the brain or the heart from, from a, from a living being, you know, it's like, Roar is the heart. 
exactly on, on that line it really is like like heart and brain mm-hmm. and then it, it, it's 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 heart brain brain and brawn right so the yeah. brawn can be kind of swapped in and out right because you're not relying on them as much uh for uh firstly the intensity but also for like the actual like like the thinking of plays and creating mm-hmm. uh but you need that heart and that brain to to, to stay in there so yeah great analogy there <laughs> All right. So that sums it up for this episode. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow with Sebastian in order to break down some of the Habs prospects uh, and the systems. We'll go through a lot of them and uh, we'll even have a specific segment on Uri Slavkovsky and what we've seen from him uh, so far this season. So Sebastian, just remind everyone where they can find you, where they can find your work. Yeah, just on Twitter. I I centralize everything on Twitter. So it's, it's on the screen and for listeners, it's at high underscore Sebastian. Uh, whatever I do gets posted there. All my links are in there. So just, just follow me on Twitter and you're good. Perfect. And you know where to find me. My handle's right there. It's in the description as well. Hattie K underscore scouting. Uh, I'm on YouTube. You can find my work over there. Uh, you can find me on, uh, all of my work is posted on Twitter. Same as Sebastian. You can, it's pretty much your, your once, your one stop for everything that's related to, to my work, uh, online. So that'll be it for today. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, this has been locked on NHL prospects and we'll see you next time.